week is brought to you by Combat Flip Flops. Bad for running and even worse for fighting. Combat Flip Flops are your ticket to the unarmed forces by providing you with the military-inspired quality footwear for men and women. Be sure to enter the code UNITY at checkout to help support the podcast. And in support of women in developing countries, head over to combatflipflops.com and become part of their unarmed forces today. Everyone, welcome to this week's episode. I got the opportunity to go down to San Diego and sit with Marcus and Amber Capone of Vet Solutions. Not only was it an honor to sit with a SEAL Team 6 member, but to see his partner who has been holding down the fort for 24 years with their family, and now they've taken on a new mission in helping to prevent veteran suicide with Vet Solutions. I'm going to let it go from there, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I did recording it. Psychedelics are a healer, and they are moving it forward, and I am grateful to hear that there is others doing incredible work in this space. Enjoy. I'm curious about the Ukraine thing, though. Can you tell me a little bit more about it? Because that feels like a... I can get North America, I can get Canada, U.S., I can even get Europe, but for some reason, I, Ukraine. Yeah, I couldn't either initially, but some, um, some, some individuals I know who um, used to work for the U.S. government, you know, has great network throughout Eastern Europe, and they work directly with the Ukrainian government and the Ukrainian military, and they have seen what Amber and I uh, are building with vets, and they're very interested because they, they do have a serious problem and they just don't have a whole lot of help. And right now I think what they're doing, which is what most people do, which is just talk therapy for their, you know, for their vets. And, you know, it's not working. I mean, that stuff works. It, it takes 10 to 15 years for, you know, what we, we have found out, Kelsey, you and I, you know, you can do in a weekend. Oh, right? yeah. oh yeah. So, you know, I think that when you have a huge problem like that and you've lost 15,000 soldiers and how many more are wounded, brain, uh, mind and body, you know, how many individuals there are, are, are suffering and they're not getting the help they need. So um, we're starting to have those conversations around, you know, how can we help them? Like, what, what does that look like? Um, and it's early, early stages. But I mean, like anything else, if you throw enough money in the right direction uh-huh. like we can figure it out like obviously if you just spend money <laughs> that right. doesn't work so can you tell me what's kind of going on with you because when you and i touched base i know i began was a, ma- a a big conversation and that's not something i'm well versed in so i yeah. love to learn a little bit yeah i mean i begin i think is a i want to call it a tricky drug it's a it, it is a drug that has some potential you know toxicity along with it however if you have the right, um, if you want to call them what, medical practitioners and screening, you could screen out for almost uh, anything that um, could potentially cause um, an issue while you're on your Ibogaine, you know, experience. And I think, I think that's been the holdup for so many years. Um, we all know, when I say we in this small community, Ibogaine arguably is probably one of the top addiction disruptors in the world like so much better than anything that's out there it's not even close so it's almost crazy that we can't use this right now i mean think about that you have something to combat addictions better than anything that's out there and we're and we're not allowed to use it in in the u.s it's schedule one and there's a whole history behind it and you know some of it is i don't know all of it but to me it's just insane when we have like the leading opioid crisis you know in the world and we have a drug that you can give to people on opioids which is heroin to help them withdraw and stop but we're not allowed to do that yet but do i need to state the obvious as to why sure go ahead tell everybody pharmaceutical companies are ruthless in their in their pursuit to have a continuous customer that can fill their pockets they don't want to let something like that come in the market that could fix the thing that is propping everything up for them. There's no financial gain. There's no, unless you're a lobbyist and you can say, I'm going to market Ibogaine and I'm about to get the patent on it and I'm about to just come in hot and take it over and it's somebody like Pfizer, it's not happening. It has to be done outside the system. It has to be brought in and it has to be, what's that, um, you have to show proof, like 
proven guilty. What's the what's that term? There's a there's a innocent sign. until proven guilty. She she gets it. She gets me. She gets it. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thanks for the save. But it that it's almost like you have to prove that with psychedelics, which is odd because it's so obvious. And I know it's anecdotal, but it's so obvious. It's so irrefutable. It when you talk to somebody or assess, especially somebody who's had trauma, and you talk to them about their experience with a psychedelic. It's so profound. It's so emotional. You can't fake that shit if you're a sociopath. I don't care what you say. It's not possible. And so, of course, I don't want us to have that. That's illogical. Right. And so I think that, um, as you mentioned earlier, there's such, a, there's such a push now, like a global push, in that anybody with trauma who has done a psychedelic you know, journey experience or whatever, and whether it's in a jungle setting or in a in a medical you know clinical setting, um, the the results are like so profound it's it's off the charts and like you said if it's anecdotal and I think what's going on right now is there's so much research out there um, and we're just kind of getting behind it but we're still doing the same thing so we're still you know we're still funding individuals to go get treatment outside the U S where it's legal unregulated um, we're funding research because that's going to be important and then we're funding um, or getting into more advocacy work. Um, Amber just said we just hired somebody for the next few months just kind of as a trial period, but we need someone to understand the Hill and understand yeah. laws and, pol- you know, and politicians and, and can help us because at the end of the day, we, sh- we just don't want to drive our mission and our quote-unquote business or nonprofit and then you know, bring in individuals who you know, are smarter than us in those areas to, to help well, I think move we, some of these agendas. What we see is that a hundred organizations like ours, we're not going to be able to make a dent in the true need. And it's a global need. It's not just in the United States. It's everywhere because unfortunately war is a part of our society and history. And I don't think we'll ever be able to escape that. These um, therapies are so far more effective than anything else currently available to veterans. Um, and there's a, the word is spreading because to your earlier point, yeah, like there the community takes care of each other. Just the broad broad veteran community takes care of one another, and so as word spreads, organizations like ours, you know, there's just really two of us in the space right now leading this charge. We're absolutely overrun with the need, and it's pitiful. You know, I I dread dread the day of the week where we have to go through applications we yeah. do it about once a week and it it truly feels like schindler's list like you're choosing mm-hmm. who gets this opportunity and it's and you don't know how where they're at you don't know the ledge they're on you don't know how far somebody's into something and that's really the, the kicker because there's gonna come a time unless people start taking this on in a big way and start really helping there's gonna come a time where a late name isn't going to be pulled and, and that something is going to happen. It's inevitable because there's that much need. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's over between ours and, and, and heroic hearts. I think there's over 2000. And those are just the ones that have come forward. Yeah, I mean, I, there are millions. Exactly. Okay. So for example, I'm so glad you, you brought that up because not a lot of people touch on like the, the fact of the matter is there's a subset of people that are at the stage where they are ready to ask for help, but think, about the numbers of people that are nowhere near, but they hear about it on a podcast and they go, Hey, how do I do that? Anytime I've ever gone and been on a guest on something, the first thing I start talking about that's is ayahuasca because it was so profound to me and we get inundated. I'm looking at Nikki cause we get like, she hasn't been on for it yet, but some of the big ones we've done, we get inundated. Yeah. And it's normal yeah. for you now, right? Like it's normal for us but to talk about this. It's troubling though. Yeah the amount of outreach you get. There's a lot of education questions, which I find really fascinating because all of a sudden you get this person who's like, hi, I was so-and-so. I grew up in a super Christian household. I was told that drugs are bad. I don't know how to go about this. I don't know what's safe. Do you eat the mushrooms from the ground? What do they look? There's like, there's... (laughs) I feel like you two like should just, you guys are on the same... Yeah, no, she gets it. She gets it. I can feel the vibe, bro. I got her. (laughs) You got me? (laughs) I got you. Don't you stress. This is the thing. We're here. We're here for it. But that's what I'm saying. You get it. What do you do for that? Because seriously, that's like a whole weight on its own. Well, we feel a real responsibility once you start advocating for these therapies. Um, 
you know, they're not all providers are created equal. Not all retreats are safe. Not all information you can find online is accurate. And so as veterans, we know are struggling and we know these therapies are working. How do we make that connection to safe access? Um, on one front, we've developed an e-course for veterans. It's first of its kind. I just saw that. Yeah, it kind of goes into everything, Psychedelics 101, Veteran Issues 101, and how the two can parlay beautifully together. And you know, we provide that for every no we have to issue. We provide at least the e-course because not everyone needs funding. I mean, we're the, the basis of what we're doing is to provide funding, um, and all veterans deserve it. It's not that we don't want to fund everyone. We just can't. And on, and on that, not every I don't, not every everyone needs psychedelics, even though like you and I are both and, and Amber and I mean, we're, I guess we're all biased because we see the healing power of it, but not just the healing power. I had, you know, a friend of mine this morning who did over 20 years and, you know, he was kind of beating around the bush a little bit. I'm like, dude, do you, do you need to be it, treated? Bro. Yeah. I'm like, like, do you want to, do nope, they do, don't want to ask. Do you need to be like, it's, it's okay. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and, um, I think that's where you were just talking about the stigma and mm-hmm. you were, initially you were talking about, you know, Christianity. And so I am, I wanted you to kind of, you know, talk about how you came to this well, being okay, because, you know, you grew up in a like, you know, Baptist household and going to church in six hours on Sundays. I did not go to church for six hours on like Sundays. She also walked uphill both ways, 40 kilometers each with no <laughs> shoes. Like you leave her alone. With she's water. had a heart. She's had a life. With water on her head. Leave her alone. <laughs> I was going to ask you that. My, that was going to be my thing was like when you met this guy, because you guys have been married a really long time. That's really important to acknowledge. What, I, like 12 or 13 years now? Like 112. Yeah, right? It feels like that. It's, it's how they make us age. We've been married for 21. We've been together for 24. Okay, so that's my point. And the reason I bring that up is because that's so rare in our community, especially in the soft community, where your like 95% divorce rate is just yes. is just it's astronomical. And like, that's COVID like numbers. Like we shut the country, we shut the world down for those numbers. And that's just like the known fact of it's divorce rate. They're like, it's fine. It's like what you get when you get out. You get a divorce, you get a DUI, and you get those things. <laughs> right like it's a thing yeah yeah so i think that's important to acknowledge but when you met him could you in your wildest dreams go one day i'm gonna be sitting at a computer and i'm gonna be designing a program on 101 on psychedelics no (laughs) no absolutely not and in fact i've tried to get off this path a thousand times (laughs) like because it's i had a really successful career prior to this i never i didn't want to put myself out there we don't really love publicly speaking about this we don't love to relive the worst days of our lives but I feel like for one thing I feel like this is the purpose of Mm -hmm. our lives and our marriage I see the difference that it's making I'm convicted by that Mm um and I I yeah, I, I'm just super committed to anything that I do. So, no, it's not what I envisioned my life to be, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. And I wouldn't trade those horrible times for anything either because it's absolutely forged me as a human. It's forged our marriage and our family, and it's forged the path to this, to be able to impact the lives of so many more. And to what I was saying earlier, you know, our organization can, we're, we're on track to, provide funding for 150 veterans this year when you're talking about raising thousands of dollars per veteran and keeping the lights going and the programs growing that's a lot of money it's a lot of work but we'll never be able to truly hit the demand unless we start advocating for policy change so this is where I'm actually really really passionate and I feel like you know my god-given strengths lie um in being able to advocate for something I'm passionate about. I don't love reliving the worst times. I don't love putting myself out there publicly, but moving into a portion of the mission that I do feel that I have a strength. Well, it's hard because there's, I say this, I say this often and it's really, I feel an obligation if you've gone through certain things and you've somehow found a way maybe that others haven't found i know it sucks but 
if you're a certain level of person and you've gotten to a certain point in your life after going through some of the worst things that the world can throw at you, you have an obligation to help and give that guidance. And, and, but that's my opinion. Now, that's not everyone's opinion. They're like, no, figure it out. We all had to. And there's, you know, I, I get there's value in that some places, but we're at a different stage with the suicide epidemic and homelessness population and the mental health crisis within our own community that is just so dire. There has to be extreme compassion right now in, in, in the largest way possible. And that's kind of what you guys are, you guys are preaching and doing. But having a nonprofit, it's a, it's a different it's a different duck because you you're always having to I don't say ask, but you're always having to work really hard to convince people that what you're doing is the right thing. How is that for you? Because do you ever feel do you ever get down? Do you ever get like frustrated with that process? Like why aren't people just seeing what the fuck I am doing? Why isn't this enough? There have been many times along the way, and Marcus can corroborate this that i've been like i'm done fuck it i'm out i'm out peace <laughs> bounce yeah we're yeah. like fuck it this is too difficult you know the you know j- just on the legal side alone there's just so much to do because here we are funding now granted we we legally and we don't we don't fund treatments because you can't um we are allowed to award grant scholarships so like if you came to me ask about how this works because if they know you're funding it how is that not a liability there's a lot of liability so we spent months and tens of thousands of dollars initially out (sighs) of our own pocket to start from square one which was can we even talk about this because it's illegal in the u.s are we opening ourselves up to any sort of liability um and so, yeah, under our First Amendment rights, we can talk about it. And that just sparked this whole we trailblazed a path of how do we lay fresh tracks of something that's never been done before. Yeah, and, and all we wanted to do was how do we get people to do exactly what I did, which was I was struggling, I needed help, Amber arranged for me to get uh, psychedelic-assisted therapy in a country where it was legal, unregulated unregulated and someone else paid for that right and so how oh, do we okay. how do we do that right so like, how do we right. do that for all our friends and that's that's basically where it, we are today. keep it going how do we make it sustainable how do we well, do it in it. a way that protects us and protects our donors how do we protect ourselves from criminal um issues as well as civil mm-hmm. liabilities how do we make this sustainable and appeal in a very stigmatized you know this is a very stigmatized topic how do we appeal to two totally different subsets of people you've got you know those patriots that are like whatever works for veterans i'm behind it and then it's like oh wait psychedelics and then you've got god says no (laughs) right and then you've got psychedelic science like psychonauts who Mm -hmm are like, yes, psychedelics a thousand percent, but like, I didn't really love the war. Yeah, not know? really for the Navy SEAL that's like right. yelling about it. Like maybe that's the, the, he's too scary to be talking about peace and love and like energies. <laughs> that's it. Right. Freaks him out. Right. Chakras. So um, initially it was pretty tough, but what we've moved into and what is so um invigorating and hopeful now is that it's creating it's uniting both sides and there's this common ground that that we're finding um and you're getting like big names so that's like because you're going after that's why i ask because the the two to those two points is i was curious about how that works when you're going to people who were like yeah we don't donate to anything but like the salvation army that's about as like you know, it says army. <laughs> no, we've gone through it, Kelsey. Definitely talking to different organizations that, you know, they don't, they just raise money and they give to organizations like ours that are out there doing the work. And so you use old, you use old school tactics, bro. I yeah. know what you do. <laughs> you know? And so, yeah, some of these organizations are like, well, wait, what do you do? And we're like, oh no, here we go. Here's all the legal paperwork. Here's right. all the operating agreements. Here's our IRS. Um, we letter. pay our taxes. Like, we're not it's sketchy. It's all here. 
you know, and then they, they can't say, well, this is a little, I'm like, no, no, this is, this is what it is. And, and we've really done our homework because it's too important to get it wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, see, that's it right there. You, you felt the obligation because you had such promising results and profound results with you and it affected your family in such a huge way, in a positive way. You then feel that. And of course it, <laughs> it, the most successful, it seems like it takes, of course, it's a Navy SEAL and an Army Ranger who are like, here's what we're going to do. Yeah, we're going to go figure this out because we're not going to wait anymore. Yeah, you're that's, self-motivated that's individuals. Yeah. And it, it's what's needed. It's, that's maybe what's been missing from psychedelics before was that self-motivated individual that was willing to take the risk on the name to put it out there. It took us a year to even come up and talk about this because like Amber told you earlier, you know, this was crazy initially. Um, and we were told, we were even told that we were running a cult, you know? I mean, yes. This is pretty funny. Um, the most beautiful, yeah, there you go. The most beautiful cult members to exist. They're like, <laughs> yeah. we're super culty. Let's go get our Drink the Kool-Aid. Here you go. <laughs> Drink our Kool-Aid. <laughs> Drink it up. Um, but it, no, no, what Amber said, you know, no, we don't, we don't enjoy doing this. Like, this is not fun. But what I've realized is that I'm almost not speaking anymore. It's just like, hey, this is what's supposed to happen. Because the more we talk about it, mm-hmm. the more applications we get, the more researchers are understanding that, oh, there's militaries involved in this now. And the left side's going, oh, I didn't know about these veterans are actually pretty cool. Um, and the right side is going, well, these hippies had actually something right. Yeah, there know, was something cooking there. For all those <laughs> years. And so I feel like the more we talk, we're just bringing all of it together. Mm-hmm. And it's just helping the whole movement. So working on passing laws, working on the research, and then continuously funding grant scholarships so individuals can go, you know, receive the treatment like you and I did. And So you're doing, because you're attacking it from so, um, again, such a Navy SEAL thing to do. Right, we can't focus we on one We must thing outflank either. you in every way we can. Right, we must be. We must do multiple things. Yes, I always, I know. Can we, I don't know, is there any one of us doing what like if you were to pick anybody in the i would say in the i don't want to say in the community but maybe in the community that's a little more well known how many things do you think they all have cooking at one time that is definitely a it's like a blessing and a curse i think at the same time if we could just focus on one thing gosh the the, the hole we could dig we're (laughs) we're focused on ending veteran suicide exactly and the tracks that we're taking to to go you know, to attain the goal, it's like a three-pronged approach. And it paybacks beautifully on one another. So by providing resources to veterans and helping on the ground today, fighting like on the front lines of this new battle now, um, and adding to the science, we can pair the two, you know, the voices, the trust, the stories, the anecdotal, the heartstrings, all of that with the, the data to be able to advocate for change. And so what we saw in Texas was a great first uh, step in this legislative push. Our attorney said, like, don't get too spoiled with Texas because that is a, a total anomaly. Well, why don't you talk about Texas? That that happened. What happened in Texas was uh, one of our friends and just a resident of Texas contacted us and said, there's psychedelic legislation that is not even going to get a committee hearing. Maybe if you guys publicly endorsed it, it, it would. Is that legal? Can you just uh, wait? Hold on. Hold on. Let me back up. Why did I ask the question that I know the answer to? Apparently, because we do it too. You can just pass a bill overnight in Canada and take away rights. With no vote or legislative conversation. Really? Well, that that is not wow. what happened here. I don't, I don't know. But if, if you didn't advocate and, and get wind of it, who would have heard about it? Right. Well, it uh, would have sat. I think like it did. Correct. Governor Perry told us that like the average time it takes to get something passed in, in Texas is three legislative sessions. Which is so six it's years. introduced and then it's heard, who has that time? debated, voted on, whatever it generally happens. Right. Well, that's why it, like we have decided we don't have that time. We're driving forward. We're going to find a, a we're going to create a win-win here. We'll play the long game, but we'll also help, you know, immediately. What happened in Texas was pretty miraculous in that we were approached to endorse this bill in hopes that it would get a committee hearing. Within two and a half months, it was law. 
It was insane. Holy shit. 11 0, it passed out of the health committee, which is insane because they said in in texas as with most most places that you can't even agree upon like where to put a stop sign that was their words like you can't literally the the republicans and democrats cannot decide you know is it on the left side was it on the right side what was it 10 feet forward or no no it should be seven feet back oh. but so, literally a psychedelic research bill they passed 11 flying colors probably because of veterans right well the way we right. did it we did a we had a very strategic approach to that and um we just paired the right voices with the right legislation at exactly the right time. And we came in literally like a strike force. Yeah, like yeah, you just by prepared. strategy, she meant like I just came through the front door. I, I was just like, <laughs> so we breached the door and we're like, hi, I'm here, ready to party. That was our strategy. Yeah, and, and, and it, it works every time. <laughs> if works. you implement the same things that you lose, like that's one thing I think the government forgets and truly forgets. You spend a lot of time, you spend a lot of money. You trained us to be a lot smarter and do a lot bigger things. This shit is easy. You're so right. We, we were trained. I tell everybody, we, were, we are by far the best trained in the world. Like, when yeah. I say we, just, you know, special operations in general, right? We get better training. We have better gear. We have more money. But we don't get, we don't, we we're not trained well when we come back. Like, like in terms of like, hey, here you go, go here now go out into the world and they don't give you the tools utilize your your mortar mortar person is that did i say that correctly Kelsey? yeah i'm an mortar. artillery gunner so i mortar i'm a mortarman once in a while but i'm mostly a, a 155 big boom kind of person but yeah. so that's not like something that's really well utilized in civilian population you, you think it's a little dangerous <laughs> it generally has a large blast radius and it causes a lot of destruction really depending on the ammunition but the point is it, it doesn't translate well into civilian life right and again, who are leading the, who's leading the charge? It's not, it's not the government. It's all these veteran service organizations. Yeah, you trained us well. That are, you know, nonprofits or whatever that, and we, we have it in our community, that are literally set up to help individuals transition out. I mean, I'm like sitting here talking about it now. It's just even as simple as, you know, like the Honor Foundation, right? It's not, that wasn't a government mandated entity. It was like, Mm-hmm. some dudes that were going, you know what? When I got out of the military, I didn't know how to write a resume. I didn't know what to wear. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a pretty smart guy. Like I went to Naval Academy or I went to Wharton Business School for, for, you know, whatever. But I still don't really know what I'm doing and I'm 35 years old or 30 or 40 or whatever. Yeah, that's concerning. Right. And so you had these organizations that, that stood themselves up similar to ours. They were just like, hey, we're going to go figure this out. And so they hired some resume writers and they hired someone who knows how to dress people. And mm-hmm. next I, thing you know, there's education, there's stuff around it. But again, it's us like putting the screws to it, going mm-hmm. through the front door and going, hey, this is what we need to do to help our friends. Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 the government, although they trained us very well to go out the door, don't think they did a very good job helping us uh, come back well because you're no longer at that point if, if there's a point of where you're like i'm leaving like well bye listen we got <laughs> what we needed out of you thanks see you later but yeah. they they do that there they do that with police they do that with fire they do that with paramedics i that's the space i run and we we, we support vets and not and and first yeah. responders so that's a there's a similar thing there depending on your government and your province or your state is depending on the support you're going to get, but you're definitely not getting access to psychedelic therapy as an option. No, no. And, and you know, the thing is, I want to say we're not surprised and we shouldn't be surprised. And I don't, we definitely, I don't complain at all because I do feel that we've been treated well, right? Like our Vietnam era vets were crushed when they came back. Like they, they, they definitely, you know, I'm sorry that they had to go through what they did. We at least get, you know, the education benefits are there. There's a lot of benefits that are there, but I still don't feel like we're, quote, unquote, prepared. And if they do try to prepare us, I always felt like I was prepared in this conventional way, which I just didn't, did not compute for me. Like, I just, it just didn't, didn't work for me. What, what did you think you were going to do? You're just going to keep I, just going into your 7-Elevens the I, same way you I, went into the doors and Ramadi? Like, what do you? Yes, Starbucks. Okay, same, okay. Same Starbucks. Way. I mean, that's acceptable behavior to some. You could do that to, like, a black rifle, and everybody would be like, he's just home. It's it's the first time that's he's it. for 10 years Well, that's why home. those guys can't stop living it, right? So if you go, go in there, and their, you know, coffee mugs are made of pineapple grenades. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I know they, I have a pineapple grenade tattooed on my side and they sent me two of the biggest and they're the exact same size and it makes me, grenades make me so happy. 
Well, you're a big boom girl, so. I have them on my walls of the office. We have them monochrome white, and they come off the walls as, like, parts of art. And they have diffused ones that are powder-coated. My husband, when we were dating, I loved them. And as a commitment present, instead of his bitch ass being like, let's get married, he was like, I'll get you, like, I'll get you, like, it's not going to be a rig. And so he got these grenades, and they're all different, like, there's, like, a Canadian one, a World War II style, like, pineapple one, and... And he got them, and they're all diffused, and he took them and got them powder-colored, different colors of fruit to, so for what, when we bought our first house. So now I have these, like, grenades. Grenades are a thing. Whatever. <laughs> I'm a softie for boom. It's a problem. It's what we have our things. But I digress. The, the thing I think I find really fascinating about what you're doing is um, there's a team aspect to it. That's really important to acknowledge. Um, a lot of people in our community, it's one or the other. Um, there's often, like I said, divorce runs through, um, there's always a story there. There's a, (laughs) it seems like everybody knows everybody and, um, you two have a really different perspective because you're a couple. And I think that terrifies legislation a little bit differently because with you two, you get the go fast side. But you're a smoke show. So you're getting, a, like that, I mean that in the nicest, most like non-sexually assaulting way. I'm, <laughs> I, I mean that in, in, a kind, in a kind way because that's really, you, you and I both know that, that that can work in your favor if you can get the right eyes on you. And you two are a team in, in, the, in the overall best way possible. And I do wonder if there was more teams like this more more people that were less going it alone do you do you see it being do you see it moving faster do you see it being a stronger thing explain to me what that's been like as a husband and wife because I'm sure you don't just get like because for us for me at least when I'm out traveling by myself I get people who are like my husband's not around so they'll get real vulnerable and they'll just let everything out my husband's standing there what's up bro how you doing like it's a different thing, yeah. you know, and it's not a flirty thing. It's like a, Oh my God. Hi. You're like kind of my mom. And I just want to tell you my soul. Do you know what's really going on? <laughs> like it's a different thing, but you two together. So do you get a lot of couples? Yeah. It's, you know, it's, um, I think it's way more powerful that we're together. We, we talk about this and, and it's not like we said again, like you, we weren't like, okay, we're going to do this and then we're going to join forces and we're going to move forward like no this is just happening right and we are so much more powerful together I, I do see a lot of people out there and they're doing great things and they're by themselves and I'm always like well, where's their spouse like what are they doing you know I feel like this is such a this has been part of our life like we have to do it this way mm-hmm. you know um, and I you know I struggle with and I think we were talking about this like I still have to make money right like I've been doing this for over three years and haven't made a dime and I'm like hey by the way I don't think I could just go step back into like a banking job because it just doesn't make sense of what we're doing now. So I have to do something that's very similar to what Amber and I are doing right now because we have made a bit of a name Mm -hmm. for ourselves. But I feel like we are so much more powerful together because what I bring to the table, you know, Amber doesn't. And what Amber brings to the table, I don't. Yeah, you're you're polar opposites. I think that's really where I was going when I was assaulting you. It's it's (laughs) polar opposites in the best way, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we do like doing a few things together. Like we like eating out. Like cool I really hate that you said that because um. I'm a child and a grown man inside. <laughs> Can't. But there's plenty of things that I like doing that Amber doesn't like. Okay. Know, adrenaline stuff. Yeah. You're not an adrenaline junkie. <laughs> no, I'm more of a slow and steady. I've got. Um, <laughs> I've got. I have about three seconds of, of focus, so I need something to go boom. Yeah, yeah. Okay, next. next yeah, what's thing, up next? The next thing that goes boom. I like to take calculated risk. I think oh. that I, I'm in right down the middle in terms of being extremely tenacious and willing to take a calculated risk without being a complete idiot. Oh, fair. You're yeah. a woman then, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, um, and that's why it didn't take me long when I heard about Ibogaine. Probably like three to five seconds. <laughs> like, I'm here. Does it work? It won't kill me. Well, it shouldn't kill me. Not that it won't. Yeah, because we, we do things that we, we right? don't know. Obviously, you know. It shouldn't kill me. It worked for somebody else. I've read something on it. And I I honestly hadn't even read anything about it. I just knew that we trusted one person who said this would help Marcus. And we were so desperate. And I think that one of the things for the, the 
female spouses in the veteran community um, who've really held it down back at home. I would never have imagined being able to trade places with Marcus. I, and I don't think he understands what was going on back at home. Um, there's a disconnect in many marriages because of that. It's always about the veteran. It's, you know, there's all these support mechanisms for them and not necessarily for the spouses. By the time that he was falling apart, I did not have the luxury of falling apart. I'm right here. Like, talk about it like that. <laughs> Well, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, everyone kind of true. expects, like, oh, he's struggling. Oh, he's got, okay. Yeah, Secondary PTS. You're getting smacked in the face and you're holding the weight and, and he's, everyone's going, it's okay, big guy. And you're going, what the f- actual fuck? Yeah. 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 yeah you mm-hmm. have to do all the work. I mean, literally, so, hold it all together. I yeah. shouldn't say that somebody but, has to hold it together. Well, no, but look, I say that to my husband all the time. You got, bro, you got to hold it together because we know I'm not gonna for a minute. So I need you to just get it together. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then that's like you. Yeah, I would say that the spouses and the children have been the unsung heroes in my mind, and that's why I fight as hard as I do. Um, I've always been driven, uh, even as a little kid. I, you know, I, I I'm like to consider myself easy to work with, but if I get on something, like I'm not afraid to shoot someone straight. I'm not afraid to push boundaries I am very driven and so that has you know we're both like that but we're enough we're different enough that we really do make up for each other's weaknesses and make a really good team differences we say differences not weaknesses differences (laughs) Amber has no problem telling somebody to fuck off where I'm a little bit nicer I don't know why though (laughs) out of all the people like you don't need to be I mean maybe it was because you didn't get the chance to be the nice guy? I don't know. I mean, come on, Kelsey, look. Your guard look dog my, is vicious. My guard dog. It's concerning. <laughs> it's, the size of your dog is concerning to You're me. You're not the first person that said that. Somebody else said that recently. Like, I would expect you more like a Malinois guy. And I was like, why? You know because why. Not. Yeah, but you know why. I know. Well, I grew up with a pit bull in the house, of course. Okay. That attacked my mom. I mean, we, you know, oh. we, we've been there and done that. Right? So you've had the stuff. So you've had the, you know, you've had the bad experiences. And so this one, this one is actually the same size as my cat. Yeah, but he's still not. He's vicious. He's he went out. Charlie. Me. He he's, came he's out. He's snorting me. right now. If you hear he's, yeah, he's snoring. He's having a, he's having the time of his life. He's like, well, I mean, I live here. So he's chasing pit bulls in the stream. Yeah, he's vicious. He came out. He goes, he, <laughs> Marcus <laughs> comes out to the Uber and he goes, listen, I got a guard dog over there. <laughs> I just, I don't know how you feel about dogs, but he's a guard dog. I got to warn you. I was like, okay. And I come around and he goes, he's over there. And I was oh my God, he's so cute. And he was barking his ass off. He was going for it. He was almost bouncing backwards. He's, he is our little baby. And, and then he ran away. Charlie, lift up your head. He's so, snoring. so does, for you guys then, for, for animals, so is this, do you have, so he's your service dude? Or, yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Um, no, we, we actually had an old English sheep dog that was huge. But we travel so much, mm-hmm. and it was sad, but we had to give him away. And he was a freak of nature. Yeah, he's a good boy. When it came to just athletic. We've had dogs periodically. We've always had dogs when the kids were little, and mm-hmm. Marcus was deployed. Marcus actually brought a dog home from Afghanistan. Oh, fantastic. I'm sure it. you loved that. Savvy. Passed it off as a service animal or a uh, working dog. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, when we brought on the C-17, so he was, he was put in Savvy, Savage. Found it wasn't he was a he, babe. It was, it was a, a she. she. She was eating out of a garbage on uh, one of the um, little checkpoints. And we put her in a, one of the, um, like, working dog kennels that actually said working dog. And they carried <laughs> him on. And they put him in the back. And we had, you know. No questions asked no, we had at a, all. we had a special plane. And you the crew kind of, like, looked at the, in the, they, like, they did this weird look, like, inside the kennel. And then they, like did this like turn around to us and like back at the kennel. And we just, you know, we just kind of waved our hand and said, it, it's totally okay. He's good. You know, he's trained. He's, you know, you keep calling it a he, she, yeah. Well, because Sorry. everybody it's seems like all mom. working dogs. They're all working dogs are apparently she, male, right? She was a working dog. <laughs> just different. I see. I see where just we went different. with this. It's okay. It's she right. lasted only a few weeks because she got home and attacked both my golden retrievers on a regular Jesus basis. Christ. Literally, full-on bloodbath yeah, attacks. We're not even house. sure it was a dog. Let's be honest. Well, we think it was a dog. She was. Oh my god. That can leap from the ground 
into a lifted Jeep Wrangler without touching the door or anything. That was yeah, not was, a dog. What did, like a in, it was just, <laughs> what did you bring back? What did you bring? I mean, it was a it was a wild dog. It was, she was a, a wild, wild working dog. dog. That was trained. <sighs> Yeah, and he was gone all the time. He was. Like, and then you're just drink. left with this. Dog. Yes, and you would have to bring. Oh, it was such no! A shit please show. tell me. We were in therapy over it. <laughs> <laughs> we were in therapy over the dog. Dude, oh. she kept me. She was my girl, man. Like that was right. the, that was a tough deployment, and she would like sleep on my, you know, right here. And Marcus found her when she was really little, and so by the end of that deployment, you know, she was approaching full size and. It was a totally different dog than the right. photos that I was seeing. So she, he actually stayed over to re-enlist, and the dog came home on the plane without him, and it was dropped off on our doorstep at, like, midnight <laughs> by one of his um, teammates, and it was like, have fun with the dog. So what language did you speak to it in? English. Okay. Oh yeah. I mean, she was a. Because I'm like, what? Are, what are you doing? Oh my gosh. So, it was so this thing was obviously attached to me for like months. So I would sit on the couch, and and she would be like lying next to me, and the, the Goldens would come over like, oh, <laughs> we want to say hi. She would eat their face. She would yeah. eat their face immediately, and I'm like, wow, she's really territorial. And and then Amber said. You know, they would get in fights when I was gone that she would have to break up with, like, a broom because, like, they were... Was, Afghani dogs. These two bro. Goldens, you can literally... the kid, We had them because the kids could jump on them and, like, pull their ears and they wouldn't do anything. Right. By the time Savvy left the house and I brought her to the SPCA, they were literally, like, fighting each other now, the Goldens. Oh, like, no. Like, drawing blood. They were drawing blood. I'm like, two oh, my poor Goldens that never did anything... It we, was very we, we traumatic. Turned them. We turned and the kids were just young and crying, and, and yeah, it was bad. Yeah, it was a typical One night life. I, I looked for her. Um, oh my gosh, this story. Um, one night we came home, and you couldn't, you could not contain her. She was wild. <laughs> she was wild, and so um, she would chew through ropes, cords, everything. She would escape. You, she would open doors like it was the dog was nuts. And um, she, came... she, she chewed through her steel. Um... <laughs> I bought her what? a steel. I bought her a steel cable because she chewed through like all the rope ones. And she, she, then she you chewed through the steel cable. You couldn't keep her in the cable. house with the golden retrievers. Yeah, it was. It we're not was talking about like a big bear of a dog. We're talking about like a. I feel like we're, I'm questioning like, your life decisions pounds right was, like, now. Twenty five pounds. Twenty five pounds. Maybe. She was nuts. So we come home and the kids have their friends with them. And it was like, we've got an ice cream and we're coming home to watch oh, a movie right. ice cream and friends. the dog's collar is out back on the steel chain, but she's not there. And I was like, Oh gosh. And of course at that point, the kids thought she was great. And they're like, Oh my gosh, well, I'm sad. He's gone. What are, what are we like? Where we've got to look for her. We spent like three hours looking for her everywhere. We went through all of the emotions and, like they're reasoning with one another. Well, Savvy, she's wild at heart. You know, she just wanted to explore. She's better now. She's loving Virginia Beach. She's probably eating out of a dumpster. She's going to love that. Like, okay, let's get another ice cream and go home. So they're fine. And I'm like, yes, yes. Thank you, God. The dog is <laughs> Thank you, God. Yes. Thank you, God. And I walk in the door and I see, we had an answering machine, and I see I have a blinking message. No. <laughs> And it is my neighbor from behind. And he's like, uh, ma'am, I think this is your number. Uh, I, I think I have your dog here. We looked out. We were eating dinner. We looked out the window, and the dog was dangling off the collar across the what? fence. She had jumped and cleared a six-foot privacy fence, and she was hanging by her collar. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, anyway, we ended up, I was like, damn it. Yeah, you got I, the dog. Marcus took her to the SPCA shortly after that. Couldn't have any more internal issues, so. I mean, yeah. your decision-making process to bring her home. Again. It was, really was. It was quick. The way that you rolled your eyes <laughs> is worth watching the episode <laughs> in literal any clip just for that oh, moment oh in God. particular. Oh, my God. She was the best ever. But you, you took it on the chin. 
I didn't want to tell him not to, but um, I definitely ended up saying, like, hey, it's me or the dog, honestly. Like, right. <laughs> I can't do this. I think we can do, um, I think we do, like, 15 more minutes. I know. <laughs> I got you. We're good. I got you. No, I mean, we're good. Like, we can go, we can go longer. Um, I'm just going to jump in. Yeah, I was going to cut you at, at, um, at, at, like, just before quarter two. Give you your, your time before. Perfect, perfect. Um, okay, so tell me. And don't and don't give me your reverberated answer. Get, tell me what's next and what you're doing and how people help and how we find out and how we make this move forward and and how the brass and unity community and the people that listen and the vets because trust me, people want to help. They want to know what you're doing. They want to understand this. So what's next? What is next? The biggest thing for us in, as we enter 2022 is a legislative and you know advocacy policy push. We've got to get laws passed at minimum for research to start happening in the United States. So what we did in Texas, we'd like to replicate in a number of states, all states if possible. And then we'll zero in on the federal level and the VA and all of the things that will bring um, bring these therapies inside the borders of this nation. We also want to partner with other nations, like you know, get a, get a Vets Canada going. Um, Which we have a call tomorrow about Vets Canada, the, the Ukraine opportunity we're talking about um individuals in the uk um denmark i mean these are these are individuals that i've worked Babe, with i have that as today i have sorry not that no. i want to include this on the podcast but that's fine i have that as today oh maybe it is i don't know I'd like to count I thought, you also thought i was here yesterday exactly so that's we how much it so shows much. you so you have a me. pattern of behavior i'm seeing R- right now <laughs> i cannot keep my shit together that's okay a, this is too much for me that's um, okay need, and marcus is volunteering all of his time for this, by the way. Like, I'm managing like five email accounts, three separate calendars, and like I'm just not doing a good job at it. I just flat so, out. Say so that. you and I have the same problem where we just say, "What do we? How do we? Yes, we'll figure it out. Yes, okay, yeah, we're gonna work on that with you. I need somebody okay. to, yeah, okay. We, we do. We need. We do need to learn how to say no. We're meeting ourselves do. coming and going, but we realize that the the need is so great and the word is spreading so quickly that we've got to really work hard. I mean, I'm working right now. And have been this entire time, 12, 14, 15, sometimes 16-hour days. It is brutal. Your face doesn't look like it. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you're welcome because <laughs> mine does. So we'll talk after. The, the next thing, though, for you guys with legislation, mm-hmm. um, because obviously every country is so drastically different. How are you going to go about that in countries like Canada where we don't have freedom of speech? Yeah. No, that's interesting. I think that's where we're going to have to rely on local personalities who understand the system in mm-hmm. each of these countries. Mm-hmm. You know, I think what we'll do in those countries, like Ukraine, for instance, what they want to do is they want to fly their health minister or their director of the director of psychology for their DOD, right? Mm-hmm. Um, wants to come over and, and just sit down and see what are you doing here and then take it back and probably, you know, pitch their powers to be and then... What we would do there is probably just go over and, and testify, you know, or tell our story to okay. give them context and yeah. and yeah, okay. Yeah, we're gonna have yeah. to let them, I think, pay like pay the make way their in way. terms of yeah. We can't do it all for them. No, we're gonna no. have to. We are definitely we're not done nation do building. We are not nation building at the moment. <laughs> we're we are, done now. We are just helping people. That's Correct. <laughs> so, but but that's I'm curious though about like the places like like Canada. Yeah. Because that right now we're taking we're taking privacy law hits and freedom of speech law hits on the Charter of Rights. There's no tomorrow. So things like this are it's a different conversation. Yeah, but your laws, your laws, your laws, I feel, are so much more laxed. I mean, it, for instance, aren't you able to receive a certain amount of cannabis? You mean as, my 150 grams supplied to me by Veteran Affairs? Yes. Yeah. That's a different thing, though. Right. That's legal. Yeah. That's super legal. We've had it legal longer than you. We've rocked on that for a minute now. Yep. We have over 4,000 veterans in Canada that have it supplied by Veteran Affairs. Yep. The process is getting excruciatingly difficult because uh, Veteran Affairs is getting more and more uh, farmed out to private, um, private. Um, what are they called? Oh, my God, insurance companies taking mm-hmm. on clients, which then they send private investigators after. Got it. To um, tell you if you're lying and then cut your benefits off. And so they're trying. They used to say whatever the amount of cannabis you needed per day, whatever your doctor said, they would prescribe and would cover. Then they capped it at five grams a day. Then they capped it at three grams a day. And if you want more than three, you better be willing to fight. 
you better be willing to fight, kid, because it they will take it. Got it. So that's what I'm saying. So we have that. That's where the, it stops, though. Yeah. And the community is not near as big, and it's not as tight-knit. And there's a couple of charities that have tight-knit groups, but they're not always the ones that you want to rock with because you know too much because you're in too deep. Yeah. And then so Canada's a little bit of a different duck. So I, I'm, I'm really curious to watch this and – I'm, I want to follow this and ask. I want to. I want to know what's going on with Canada. We'll yeah. talk later because that's something I'm curious about. Well, I also feel like we're we're hitting it from different fronts too, like Amber mm-hmm. said before. So we're not doing like one of those separate, like by itself, right? Right. So like for instance, you know, we have a full time programs director. Thank you know, thank God for her. Um, she is taking all the applications. She's you know rack and stacking mm-hmm. them and talking to each individual and setting up, making sure that the grant scholarships are there and the retreats are set up and et cetera. Right. Mm-hmm. At the same time, while we're, you know, talking to like Stanford and then researchers from Hopkins and Ohio state to work on different, uh, you know, clinical trials and different phases. And then we're at the same time working with lawmakers, you know, so all this is happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like none of these are like one-offs. And so that's why when Amber says, you know, our team, needs to be a little bit bigger is because we do we we do need to attack these all at the same time because simultaneously yeah because we can't pass laws without the testimonies but then the the testimonies and the lawmakers want to see research so we need to do the research to show the lawmakers Mm -hmm. and and granted we're only a small part of it there's tons happening Mm -hmm. out there right now in, in the psychedelic world i mean novel drug development all across the globe retreat centers popping up you know uh ketamine clinics inside the u.s um, which, which is legal, you know, there's just a lot happening. And so we're just one unit voice. You're a spoke. Spoke. You're a spoke making the wheel move around. Yeah. Which is, is not to say it's, it's nothing because you're a big spoke though, right? You might even be the axle. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I yeah. said it. We're just yeah. trying to do our part, you know, it's, right. it feels like, um, this is what we're supposed to be doing. We've seen the lives impacted and changed. We, are so we have so much compassion for all those that we can't help Mm -hmm. Um, and let's be honest it's not a one and done I mean these therapies are so powerful but when you're talking about unwinding a really complicated knot of trauma that that you know consists of childhood war head trauma transition trauma family relational Mm -hmm. issues um, loss of purpose, loss of identity, loss of community, loss of paycheck, all of the things. It's very complicated to unwind that. And one experience probably won't do it for most. I mean, and um, Marcus does a yearly reset just to stay at the top of his game. So, you know, veterans are coming to us for a one-time opportunity. And we're honored to, to give that to, to the ones that we can but we, our veterans deserve access to these therapies as needed. You know, under, we're not really in the decrim, free for all, all access for everybody camp. We're more in, in medical specialized reverence of, yeah, the power mm-hmm. of the therapies and the need for therapeutic support and not wanting to put out a false narrative that this is some sort of a panacea, but it actually just opens the door to do some really hard work mm-hmm. and having the right sourcing, setting, mindset, dosing, integration support, preparation support. It's all 90% of the overall success, the trajectory, and then adding in other things that are, uh, that will carry through post-medicine like meditation and dialing in toxicity levels, gut microbiome, healthy living, you know, just overall. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, you're not, you're not saying this is a fix all cure all. What you're saying is this is a way for us to crack the door, to allow for the thought, to open it. And then once it's open, we can start doing the work and being faced with the things that we wouldn't be normally open to having a conversation about. And then often what I find at least is people that are more open-minded and willing to give this a go are, are from a type of community that are healthier living. So you have now a support network that advocates to you about being more physically fit, is on you about eating bullshit food, is on you about your drinking behaviors. Like, hey, even the way you talk, my guys now, they're on my ass about, hey, when, um, if I do this, no, no bitch, it's when. Like they are <laughs> on me, but the, it's, it's mentality. It's, it's, you're, it's not just um, meditation and just all of these small things. It's all the way down to, 
you 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 have to think differently mm -hmm. to be different if you keep doing the same thing it's that thing it's like the definition of insanity you have to try something different right and that's exactly what you're doing and i'm fucking excited about it just <laughs> you know that the medicine i feel though is like it's 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 the thing right i feel like it, yeah. that's the thing you know amber says it's almost like the ground floor like you have to do the medicine in order to open yourself up to do all these other things you're talking about. Oh, absolutely. Because if you tell me, if you would have told me about like meditation <laughs> and eating well, um, not that I didn't eat well, but but even just caring about it again or caring about staying in shape again or all these other things that you're talking about, like I still feel that the medicine work is first because oh, yeah. it, it's like clearing your mind out again. It's like, right? It's It's like rebooting your system to go, oh, I forgot. Like I used to be really good at all these things and... I forgot about them because I just didn't care. I was depressed and, and nothing really mattered. Right. And, and a lot of times I find with vets, at least in first responders, it, they get into this slippery slope of like shitty eating, lack of movement because they're on the job or they, they're not sleeping. So they don't have the energy to then go work out after that. And I always try to start with what are you putting in your body? How much water are you drinking? I start there. And then that opens the door. Like, what will you care? You care about what I'm eating and you care about what I'm drinking. So... Maybe I can feel a little safe to be like, hey, I'm also really not like dealing well with when this happens. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe that just opened it. All it does, when you start saying, hey, how are you feeling? You eating well? You working out? Well, no. Well, I'm not sleeping. I've got anxiety and I, I don't know how to make it stop and I don't want to take any more pills. Okay, so why don't we just try not McDonald's every day? Why don't we just try a couple salads and then we go for a walk? You don't want to run? Let's start walking again. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a start of a conversation. And then when you get somebody comfortable enough to realize that things, there might be a light and then you go, Hey, here's a way to really kick your shit up a notch and really give you the re relief that you've been not only wanting, but you're needing. That's when psychedelics come in and, and go, okay, here we go. And then they can see it for themselves after that. Yeah. The medicine really allows you to see that. What you just said, like you yeah. become aware now that that hamburger that you just had from McDonald's how it actually affects your body, like how you sleep that night, oh. how you, you're tired afterwards, or if you feel like crap the next day. I feel, and you probably feel the same, you are so much more aware after you do that psychedelic journey that you can see all those things where before you still might just be putting down whoppers and not realizing hey. how it's screwing you up on a regular basis. I crushed in and out last night and I don't want to talk about <laughs> so it. in and out doesn't count. Oh yeah. my God. I, I love mean, you so much for saying that to me because <laughs> it makes it feel that much. Okay. That a double, double fries and then animal fries went in my face. in and out is part of the, part of the four major food groups. Uh, in America it is. And they're the only ones that I will tolerate <laughs> because my God, but, but no, I exactly. It's exactly what you say. It's, it's the awareness. It gives you the understanding. And not only that is it gives you, it gives you that reset and connection again with yourself that you lose when you do, when you do stuffs in the world, <laughs> when you, when you make things go boom and you use zip ties for a living, you owe it to yourself. You, you, you owe it to yourself. You're worth the work. And I think that's what, what people forget. They lose themselves so much. And they think this is just the way it is. I am numb and it sucks. And this is, this is fucking life now, but it's like, well, hold on a second. You were once a five-year-old kid who, when you would see a balloon pop, you would jump in excitement. You would see a butterfly land and you would smile in curiosity. You can have that again. You don't have to lose who you are. That can come back and psychedelics and the deity of it or you know the the spirituality of it whatever it is that you connect with whether it's just the medicine for the medicine's sake whether it's just the community and you know that this might work so I'll give it a shot whether it's needing to feel connected again to mother earth or the ground or your spiritual god whatever you believe in psychedelics give you the permission again and that's why they're so special and I think that's why I am the person that everyone promised to, I would not be, which was don't be the fucking billboard for psychedelics. Don't. But you cannot unsee the mountaintop. Yeah. You can't. No, it's true. Um, you know, Amber always preaches that you're, you're, you separate from the military or whatever you're doing at 30 or 40 years old, you still have half your life to live. Or, or, or three times, you know, you, you, you have, you know, you have, 
30 or 60 years left to live and why should you live that horribly you know why should you be angry why should you you know not want to do anything right um it's not it's not right and Mm -hmm. so what you're preaching is that you know these medicines allow you to to be yourself again be the (laughs) little child that gets excited it's weird right (laughs) it's a weird thing as a grown adult (laughs) yeah yeah it's great though i mean amber said the first time she said she saw me again at at 17 years old after my my first experience is because she could just see the glow like i was back the weight was gone dude the darkness lifted the darkness was lifted for sure dude i'm stoked (laughs) it's like you know this It's like, it's like I may have been through it or something. You've been through it. It's been like, like the devil has already been pulled out of me once or twice before. It's fine. <laughs> That's it's, right. It's perfectly normal behavior. But I'm grateful for the time. Um, can you tell everyone where to find everything about your resources, ways they can lobby, ways they can help, ways mm-hmm. they can donate, the whole gamut, please? Uh, most everything that pertains to vets can be found on our website, which is vetsolutions.org. Um, from there, you can access the e-course, which is a huge resource in um, understanding these therapies. I think that the veteran community, there's such a level of trust that exists as, you know, w- was the case for us, that it was like, you need to do this. Okay, I'm going to do it. I don't even know anything about That's it. That's what I did. <laughs> it's, it's pretty important, I think, to have a basic understanding, ideally. Calculated risk. Yeah, yeah. So that's what the e-course is designed to do. And then um, donations can also be made through the website. We're always raising money to put more veterans through. In 2022, we hope to be able to reach 200 veterans and um, really, really create this legislative push. I like it. Social medias? Yeah, social media. I I don't even know (laughs) all the handles. But... um, Veteran Solutions. We'll I tag think, everything. On, on IG, yeah, and Insta- or um, Facebook. The crappy thing is that Vets Inc. or Vets wasn't available, so a lot of people know us as Vet Solutions or Veteran Solutions yeah. because of our social media handles. Mm-hmm. But um, it's okay. We'll fix we it. We answer to everything. We're getting better at that. Don't worry. Stuff we need to work on. It's okay. We all have the things to work on. Isn't that the point, team? Yes. Wow, boom, boom, bam, yeah. nailed that. All right, well, thank you guys so much for the time. Thank and you. Thank yeah. you for the work you're doing. Thanks for coming over. I'm not going to thank you for your service because last time thank I Thank you did, for your service, Kelsey. I, yeah, thank you. I got so much of that the other day. <laughs> fuck you for your service? Yeah, no, fuck you for me. your service. Wait, thank me for your service? Yeah. What was the book? Was, oh, that was Matt Best's book. Yeah. Was it that? Thank, thank, you, thank you for thank my you service. Thank you for my service. service. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was it. It was good. Whatever anyway. it was, it was hysterical. Oh, it was brilliant. Otherwise, <laughs> um, I guess we will see you all next week.